welcome to my podcast. That's it. Oh, what? That's my introduction. Oh, okay. Welcome to my podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love catching people off guard with it. <laughs> wait, is this a, wait, is this part of the episode? No, I'm... Su- yeah. Oh, crap. <laughs> I didn't realize... Why are you saying crap? <laughs> no, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure, like... <laughs> Didn't you read the notes where I said I don't have a formal... I, I just can't um, formulate, like, this whole introduction thing because then I have to remember it and that's just too hard for me. That's going to sound so funny on the playback. Like, I was I like, put off guard. <laughs> <laughs> it's all cool. I'm, re- I'm, ready, I'm ready to go now. Ready to roll. What? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Oh, we're all good? Yeah, yeah, we're good. Oh, I thought you were going to be like, oh, I'm sorry, audio's not working. And I'd be like, come on. No, sorry. all I can you taste can- is uh, I got like a... I had like a Mexican fireball pizza about 10 minutes before we started this. Ooh. And so I'm just like, it was that thing where I was so hungry. I ate it, I ate it so fast, but because of the chili, it's just like you then end up like cough hiccuping. <laughs> oh no. You know that thing where you're just like, and yeah. then you're trying to drink water and you're like, blah, 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 and yeah, it was a whole thing. If I eat too quick, I always end up with the hiccups. I, I, I just, I hate hiccups so much, but. This is what being in your thirties is, isn't it? <laughs> And lower back pain and all all other stuff. Ah, oh, yeah. I just ignore that now. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just float uh, everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I just know I'm just on heaps of panadol. What are legs? <laughs> what are legs? What are ankles? What are ri- oh my wrist has been really bad lately. Um, a little bit of it feels like um, just some nerve pain. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Not not fun. And I play all PC games and it's just like come on. Really? Did you have like a defined, like you hit, the, like for me, it was like as soon as I hit 30s, literally everything, I don't know whether it was a placebo <laughs> thing, but it's like everything just started playing up. Mine was at about 29 and a half. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, th- things progressed, but it was almost like a, after my 30th birthday, I'm just like, because yeah, the, y- everyone has various, yeah, we're all human, you know, we have various issues or whatever, but it was it. Specifically, I was just like, holy crap, my back really hurts. And then, (laughs) and all this other stuff. And then it's like, and then now I've like hit the thing of just like, because I've always relied on like a high metabolism, right? And it's like, now it's just like, oh man, these pants are really cutting to my, like, because I wear them below the hips, right? So it's just like, well, maybe that's giving me back pains. And then you're just like, I don't want to have to upsize pants, damn it. Yeah, I'm. D- yeah, my metabolism has slowed right down, and I'm like, come on. <laughs> we were on really? to a good thing. <laughs> In like a year and a half, I've gained maybe 15 kilos. Like, which isn't a bad thing. It's distributed evenly, but I'm just like, whoa, I've never weighed 78 kilos in my entire life. Mm. I, I, I remember when I was in, like, I think back to year 12, how, like, dangerously underweight I was. So mm. back then, back then I was the same height height I am now, and I was fifty two kilos back then. Wow! And, and then like, and I see photos of myself. I'm like, damn! It's like I, I really had the because um, I have a, a a lack of a chin. Like it just sort of like that's why I have to like <laughs> now have hair on my chin. face because if I if I shave, oh. <laughs> it's, it's it's so small and my jawline's so insignificant, it just disappears into like my neck, and so that gives the illusion of like my head going especially when I was skinnier going like an upside down triangle and so my, my, I've never heard that and so like my year 12 photos particularly my super spiky hair is out like this I look like I was like Vicks Vapordrop <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean like yeah 
Yeah, and so <laughs> I see st- I see photos of me from back then. I'm like, oh my goodness, the triangle is real. Yeah. See, the thing is, I'm only five foot four. Like you know, I'm short. And so when I was a kid, I especially like year twelve ish, I would have only weighed about the same as what you did, and I was like short as fuck. Well, I still am. That hasn't changed. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I just I suddenly got told too, you know. <laughs> <laughs> And it's so strange. Like, if I was tall, I'd be totally... See, the thing is, like, Ned is about the same weight as me, but he's, like, six foot three, six yeah, foot four. Yeah, and I'm just yeah. like, what the hell? Like, I'm almost about to surpass you, and you're a whole foot taller than me. Do you ever, like... Has Ned ever dressed up as a wizard before? What? <laughs> no. Because he's, like, the perfect for everything. So, you know, like, all wizards, like, you know, like, your Gandalfs and stuff, they tend to be tall and skinny. Yeah. And he's got the long hair, so he just needs, like... True. The epic, or he he's like young Gandalf sort of thing, you know, before the beard yeah. setting. And I just he could do the prequel. I just feel like he, yeah, like he's someone cast that guy already. Okay, like I'll pass it on. Yeah, to there you go. Or he can just join Maybe some like wizard to... core band or something. Oh god, could you imagine? <laughs> Our riffs are magical. Or a Lord of the Rings cover band. Oh, there you go. Yep. <laughs> Lord, of, then... Lord of the Riffs. There we go. We'll do that. Oh, you're so smart. <laughs> so we we so um, we seem to be uh, talking about everything but horror films, but horror movies. <laughs> Firstly, um, before we get into horror movies, I'd like you to tell um, the listeners of this um, horror podcast a little bit about what you do and who you are. Just in general, and relating to yeah. Okay, yes. Yeah, so like your podcast, your lot, you as a person, what you like. Okay, cool, cool. So uh, my name is. Simon Blackburn. Um, I have a podcast currently on. It's currently on hiatus at the moment, but it will come back called Take My Tone, um, and it's very much a music discovery podcast. And basically, um, yeah, you can kind of gauge from that with Cat making a podcast about horror, and that being one of her passions. Uh, music is a big one, one of my passions as well. And uh, yeah, basically. Um, you know, aside from talking about music uh, with the podcast and stuff and just living and breathing it uh, all the time and going to shows because uh, you can, can still actually go to shows in WA too, uh, which is Shut cool. Um, <laughs> Are you allowed to stand at shows? Uh, yeah, there's a bit of a grey area, but it's oh. it's it's about it's like 85% back to normal, put, put it that way. Oh um, God, I'm so jealous. But uh, yeah, so I, I play drums in a band as well called Liz Dexic, and literally tomorrow <laughs> we're going to be filming the rest of our second video clip, and then there's a whole lot of editing on my part after that, so I've been very hands-on with that lately. Um, but yeah, just uh, work-wise, very much in the uh, graphics, visual, and marketing field. So yeah, because you uh, actually designed my logo for me. Oh yes, yes, that is a neat, <laughs> neat little tidbit. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. And so yeah, that's pretty much me. And I love reptiles, and I have a pet snake, and I just fed him about an hour ago. What did he eat? Uh, uh, just an adult mouse. Oh, he's on to adult already. Oh yeah, he's been on adult for a while. Oh, see, the pinkies is what would get me trying to feed them pinkies, like little pink. Oh, no. Yeah, I, I, I never did that. I when I first got them, I started with fuzzies, so at least they have. Oh yeah. Some hair, so. <laughs> yeah, doesn't look that gross. Yeah, yeah, no, but he's he's um he's he's fairly long now. Uh, so Stimson's python, 
they will grow up to around 1.1 meters for a male, and he's uh, about 90 centimeters at the moment. So wow, he's grown pretty fast. Uh, they should they normally don't really reach their full length until around three years, and he's one and a half at the yeah. moment. So yeah, nice. I really like snakes, but all the snakes that I want. Um, I can't have here. Yeah, they are unattainable. <laughs> I'm not allowed to have them. So for any American listeners, we're actually not allowed to have exotic pets at all, especially exotic um, reptiles. They are not uh, legal to own in Australia. In my state, we're not even allowed to own turtles. So <laughs> Yeah, Joe Exotic, listen to that. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Joe Exotic. <laughs> I almost went as him for Halloween. Of course. But I, it was too late for me to order the costume, and I was like, "Damn it!" Yeah, oh man. But yeah, I'd love a um, like a violet ball python. Ooh, you also shared yeah. that there's another one that you like, the one with the crazy snub face. Oh yeah, um, the, so... the corn snakes. Yes, they are just the hog nose. Sorry, the hog nose. Hog nose. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, hilarious. They are so cute, aren't they? Yeah, it's They've got unlike... like little fangs as well. <laughs> like, not fangs, but it's like a part of their face structure. These like little... It's like someone just like squeezed the, the end and like... Yeah. When God created this They're snake, so if that's, you know, how you want to believe animals being created. Well, created. Um, <laughs> so you just simply pinch the end. You know when you make pinch. those like, um, you know, doing like coil clay pots? Mm. Yeah, and, and, and you got to like pinch the end to like... Get a, it's yeah. like that. <laughs> but on a snake yeah but a snake <laughs> I just love I love how they do all the different design like I know it's horrible because they do crossbreed these animals yeah and um, there's a lot of issues like nerve damage that gets done to certain breeds and um, you know it's very not it's very looked down on in um, breeding in America but um, there's a place in Los Angeles. I think I've shown you the YouTube videos. Yes. Of the gigantic snakes. And I'm just like, this place blows my mind. I need to go there. <laughs> and Ned's like, nope. <laughs> oh, we went to the zoo just before we get into the movie. We went to the zoo um, at Christmas time last year. And we went to like a reptile talk. And they were like, oh, you can come down and get photos with the, mm-hmm. with the snake. You can pat the snake. I turned around to Ned and he was already out because uh, he knew exactly what I was going to do. And he just bolted. He was like, nope. Wow. Yeah, he's that. he has that much of an aversion slash phobia that he's just not into it at all. Do they poop? Yeah, they do. Not Is often, but when they, but Not often, but when they do, it's always a larger amount than you'd expect to come out of a snake. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like because that stuff just fascinates me. Because like I've never, I've never had a pet snake. But when I was growing up, my old pa, his um, partner after my grandma and him divorced, her son had a lot of snakes and had like a reptile room in their house. And I remember that, but I don't remember actually ever going in there. I just knew it existed. Mm. And now I'm like, I want to, I want a pet snake. Okay, I want a reptile room. <laughs> <laughs> I want to rip that room. room. <laughs> um, yeah, no, they they do when they're younger. It looks a bit more like bird crap, I guess. You know, um, and then now it's just sort of like again. I don't want to get too descriptive, but it's it's just kind of like it, it's not it's not too bad at all. But imagine the fact so they're they're eating a mouse, right? Okay, and then they yeah. like absorb all you know, and basically what ends up coming out in the end is all the bones have been crushed into like calcium sort of powdery okay. you know you know like milo you know like when it's yeah. like 
you, a little bit wet. It wet, it, it wet, and then when you bust it, and then it all like powders out. It's, yeah. it's kind of like the white part of it is kind of like that. So it's almost like Whoa. it's almost like bone powder. Wow, that's so cool. It's crazy, but they also like it's so much better how it is now because when he was in a, in his container and in, and he would have done something because that's all cooped up in that area. It's like it, it's there's a certain snake piss smell that is just like. <laughs> <laughs> a, a, a bit more on the nose Pungent. than you expect it to be, <laughs> and you're just like, oh, yeah, ew. yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it, like it is interesting. Every time my cat poops, but yeah, they um, again, so many different tangents. Uh. <laughs> yeah, let's um, let's talk about the Invisible Man. The Invisible Man. That is not the, the theme song. tune, but no, not at all. Not at but all. But the soundtrack is really freaking good. Cool, cool, cool. Um, okay, so I, I've i been looking forward to this conversation because I am obsessed with this movie. Mm, mm-hmm. And you were saying earlier before we started recording that when you do find something that is a little bit horror, thriller, psychological, you have a tendency to really latch onto it. because Is it because you enjoy it? So I latch on to... So put it this way, when it comes to um, anything involving horror, I'm usually turned away by anything that's like either def- definitely turned away by anything that's like funny hot like comedy horror and i'm definitely turned away by if it's just gonna be straight up gore um yeah so i, I i'm a fiend for thrillers psychological thrillers and that so this is that but you fuse the horror element in and so mm. i'm on board yeah i love psychological thrillers and for so long i didn't really put them in the horror category until I really thought about it, you know. Um, for example, Silence of the Lambs. Yes. It's basically a cannibal. That There are so many horror themes in in that without it being gory or jump scares and without um, super ridiculous amounts of special effects or um, body gore and things like that. It is still scary. Yeah, and I think that comes from the... While there are some elements of of this which we'll talk about that you know uh i I guess could be currently unrealistic that there it's it's set and delivered in a way that feels like that we're not too far off something like this actually existing like spoiler alert the tech the technology aspect of this um but yeah and and same with silence of lambs it's just like everything there's nothing supernatural about it and that's what makes it freaky yeah, because yeah. there could be a cannibal. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like that's there's a possibility. You know what? There's probably people out there doing that right now. Well, I always <laughs> I I always get freaked out when I when I remember back to the story that inspired the lyrics of Ramstein's Mind Tile. I don't know if you know. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. So no, I'm not so really that that, that translating to my tool, and it was basically a guy that put an ad in a newspaper, I think it must have been in Germany or somewhere in Europe, where basically he wanted to die, but he wanted someone to eat him. I know the story, yeah. yes, but I didn't I didn't know that Rammstein did a song. Yeah, yeah. Um, and oh, it's wow. just like, that, like, I was like shooketh when someone was just describing that to me. I was like, <laughs> the fact that that even actually happened. Yeah. Like, yeah, that 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 to me is true horror because it's just like yeah, like yeah yeah you've got you know true crime and like straight up like 
messed up like murders and, and, and all this other stuff and like serial killers and that. But the the arrangement of what happened is someone putting an ad in a paper it's just what the hell <laughs> why haven't they made a movie out of that yet and, and I think that sort of paired with like the Ramstein stick just makes it freaky because it's just yeah. like yeah um, but anyway yeah so that, that essentially rather than going off on another tangent essentially the, the gist of what I'm trying to say is when there is that level of believability then I'm yeah. drawn in it's kind of like a it's so believe not believable but it is so convincing that it is a possibility that you're you automatically buy in yes. to the idea yeah 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 and there's no convincing you that uh it might be but it might not it's just like this is poss- a possibility there is potential for this to inevitably happen mm, mm. and that's why it's like you know you might get a film that's more a a supernatural horror and instantly i'm like i'm already putting it in that fantasy kind of like separation because yeah. it's like well this is already off the bat i'm not believing any of it sort of thing yeah you haven't bought it no yeah um the thing I really like about this film is that in Wikipedia, they actually describe it as an Australian-American science fiction psychological horror. Can I get an acronym for that? <laughs> <laughs> it's because it's actually directed and written by Lee Winnell, yes. who did Saw, Insidious, and Upgrade. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, I haven't seen Upgrade yet. It's been on my watch list for frickin' ever. And, uh, yeah, I really need to, to watch it. Because when I saw the trailer for it, I was like, i got to see this, i got to see this, i got to see this. And now I think it's on Prime, so... How many of the Saws did he do? Just the original three or the first? Um, I feel like he did one and two. Yeah, because they're the two that I like, and I don't like any of the others. I like the others, but they're just very different from the first two. And, and, and I guess, the, yeah, the thing for me, again, this sort of comes back to what I was saying at the start is by nature not being a, I want to see all the horrors. Like, I like I reserve it. It's like, once I saw... I actually saw two first, and then I saw one, weirdly. Um, but I, I had no one had told me about the twist in the first one, so that still made it, oh, that still made it cool. So um, good. <laughs> but, yeah, and then so by the time three came around, it was just kind of like the expectations were there. And then I felt like yeah. it's a bit, it was more sort of rinse and repeat from there. Yeah, definitely. And I, I completely agree with that, because... The, the first two were so incredibly original. Mm, mm. And that's why yeah. that's why when something like this pops up, yeah, The Invisible Man, you know, existed as a film back in, Wells, in the but... 30s or whatever, but <laughs> this is like almost just by title only. Is it related? <laughs> really? No. It, it, like, it does definitely have concept... Like, the the concept of it is based on the um, characters by H.G. Mm. Wells. But it's definitely such a brilliant modern take. Yes. And it almost didn't happen. Like, the planning for this film started in 2006. Mm. And they were developing the idea, and they hired um, David S. Goyer. I'm not too sure what he's worked on, uh, to write the screenplay. And eventually... Um, Jason Blum from Blumhouse Productions took over the idea and, and you know, um, teamed up with Lee Winnell for this. Okay. And I, just having Lee Winnell on it, I'm like, sign me up. Like, I'm here for this. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. 
But they originally wanted to have Johnny Depp in the film as um, the, a part of the cast. And I was just like, oh, I would not have watched it if he was in it. But uh, because I remember reading that along... Was, was, that, was, that, was the pairing of that, of like his name being associated with this, was that, did that exist years ago? Like, I, I feel like it's something that I heard yeah. about years ago. Yeah, when they were first developing the concept for the film yeah, with yeah. Goya, um, they wanted Johnny Depp. And then when Jason Blum and Lee Winnell took over, I don't think they ran with that idea yeah, anymore. Yep, yep, yep. And because the cast that they chose is absolutely freaking brilliant, to be honest. Well, to me, the, the draw card, like me not knowing, again, that very like selective, like if I see something in a particular horror-based trailer and I'm like if there's something in that that draws me in, like, I always feel like there's something a bit special about that. And so, uh, again, given that, Nate, that thing of me not wanting to watch horror films generally, and so when it was just, like, the way it looked um, and the way that the trailer was cut didn't give away too much, and then the Elizabeth Elizabeth Moss, that was, like, the draw card for me because I'm like, she's just awesome at... These, she, uh, she's great in everything she does but she particularly once she uh, has obviously done things like Hand, Handmaid's Tale and that it's just like she just nails like everything that the character demands in this yeah Um. and so I didn't even know of any of the other actors in it until I was watching it I was like okay yeah I recognise that person that person sort of thing Um. so yeah so the fact that you can sort of be drawn into a film of a genre you don't normally watch purely based on a singular actor i thought uh, yeah. I, I, I think that it lived up to my expectations that's pretty cool yeah elizabeth must fantastic but um harriet dyer plays her sister mm. emily mm. and i'm a huge fan of harriet dyer she was in love child she's an australian actress but she was also in a tv show that i loved they only did one season called the in-between where she um is a psychic medium. Yeah. Yes. And her dad's a cop. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. She's so good. I loved her in that show. It was so wholesome. And that's why I thought I she really looked loved so it. familiar. Yeah. Because I was like, I know I've seen, I, I couldn't pick it. And usually I'm pretty good at that. Like my friends kind of mm. say sometimes I'm like the walking IMDB. So I'm usually pretty good at that. <laughs> but in this time I kind of like, you know, I guess let them down. But I definitely knew I'd seen her. Uh, so yeah. As soon as I saw her, I was like, yes. <laughs> The the, 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 the one the um, so much. the the <laughs> one surprise sort of pop up for me was actually uh, Michael Dorman uh, in it because mm. I've been uh, watching some shows and films he's in. Re- not, he's in so much. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, like I swear that's like I'm like it is. I'm like oh sweet. Yeah. And and then when you you know then when you find out that he's just actually like a New Zealand actor and stuff, you're like okay, that makes it even. That's like another thing because you know in Australia mm. they're from New Zealand, they're from Australia. <laughs> Well, they filmed this in Australia. Yes, yes, yes. Very yeah, good. so it makes sense that they, they picked up quite a lot of Aussies. Where was the location um, then? I'm not too sure. I did have it written down somewhere. Um, That's really cool. But the house... So the opening scene um, where, you know, there's it's really dark and it's yeah. like you can tell it's like three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Um, by the cliffside ocean sort of thing yeah yeah and I love the noise of the ocean oh. because that just reminds me of when I first moved to the coast mm. and we when we first moved down before we had a house we were just staying at a like a cabin at a caravan park that my stepdad's parents owned and it was right on the beach mm. like mm-hmm. I could look out our window and there's the beach and every night in summer just falling asleep to that sound Night- nighttime so ocean perfect. lapping yeah. is just 
Perfect. That, that, and then, like, to me, because we get a lot of rain down here, like, southwestern Australia, so it's just, like... And, and, and we've got the, the colour bond roof, so we get, like, the rain tin oh, roof thing. And so the nighttime thing beautiful. of that, I'm so... Uh, that, that, to me, is, like, the ocean thing as well. Yeah. I'll, and it's just... um, It's so great because just that noise oh. is so... It's not an ominous noise to me. No, because it, <laughs> it's, others, not, it's, it not, it's not backed by a by a Hans Zimmer warm or anything like that like it's yeah it's, true it, it is just that but the cool part you get is just the opening title by the title being the invisible lettering like you know you know with the water mm. splashing up against it yeah I was just like yes like thematically like already we're done onto it oh so good. yeah and I'm not a big fan of like big opening credits and opening scenes and um what Lee Winnell really did great was not establishing Cecilia's uh backstory because I really don't think we need to see the abuse and the violence and it's great that he kind of just presents it in a way that we just assume that that's what their relationship has been like oh. because she's packing up and leaving so and and it's it's so tense because you're trying to figure out what's Oh because God. I had no idea what the story was. All I knew that there, there was going to be a bad, invisible thing yeah. in it at some point. Um, and again, her really nailing that role of just like looking just so affected. Like she, she, she is one of those people that mm. is the visual equivalent of like, I've been through some shit. Like, yeah. and she nails that in Handmaid's Tale. She's got it here. And you're just like... And, and, and then it's starting to unfold a bit because you're like, at first you kind of see, yeah, um, she's in this room and, and, and you know it's by the ocean. And then when you see the actual the scope and the size of the place she's in, you're like, oh, this is interesting. It's almost like a fortress. Yeah. And it's like, how did she end up in here? It's, okay, she must be really rich or something. And then you're trying to piece together. And again, they don't need to show you any of the lead up to that. They, they start yeah. with an escape and then it unfolds. Yeah, and I think that that shows a lot of how Lee Winnell approached it with such respect as well, because you don't need to be confronted with that in a movie. No. You can do it, you can make those, you can help the audience make those connections. Mm, absolutely. And, you know, she's quite intelligent. She's moving cameras and she's watching him and she's you know, um, turning alarms off everywhere. And, you know, you can tell she's been planning this. She And like you said, she's really affected. And it's just, yeah, she communicates so much in that opening scene without even saying, saying anything. anything. Yeah. Yeah. How about when the, uh, the dog first appears? <laughs> yeah. I thought the dog was going to bite her. Yeah, and yes. I was like, oh, 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 shit. But just like... Every, you know, you, you're figuring out what's going on, okay? And, and you're like, okay, everything is about her being quiet. And and this kind of reminded me of the, the type of thing that I got when watching A Quiet Place. You're just like, you're so extra focused on no possible noises occurring. And you're like, everything is so yeah. tense. It's like that lasers in a room scenario. Like, you've got to step exactly the right <laughs> way. Um, so, yeah. And, I mean, eventually she, she does make her escape. But for a while there, you're just like... Is she gonna get out? Yes. But that alarm going off, that hurt the the dog tripping the alarm, just that was it for me. Yeah. And then and then but and then she yeah. <laughs> oh, then we get the, the the next scene um where she's she's then running through those all all the trees so they get picked up by her sister and yeah. 
I mean, I mean, again, I think whether this this part they were trying to play on people's expectations of tropes in horror films, where the car's coming towards and you're thinking that's probably not the car that she is waiting for. Wants. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that I did, I did um, have that feeling of dread because we do see Adrian wake up on the yeah. on the phone or on uh, on another shot. We see him waking up because the alarm's going off in the house, and then the car coming down. I'm like, oh my god, she's getting caught. Mm, but it was a bit of a this little, it was a little bit of a red herring because you got the panic, you got the sister. It's like go go go. She's explaining, it, and then you have to be watching the background. For him to yeah. appear, and man, because I because I watch this in the cinema, right? And I was just like, <laughs> I, like, yeah, like I I think this really set the precedent for having like the heart stop moments. I feel like in, yeah. in, in this film, particularly in that in that cinema setting. Oh, when Adrian absolutely bashes through the yes, window. Yes, yeah, yeah. It, it's more the fact that he, like, you just see oh. he's blurred out, and then you just see him in like a, a second, and he's like running at full, yeah. like Terminator style. To it's the, terrifying. The yeah. <laughs> and you know he's just so demanding. Yeah. Like his character is, and you you just know, and you can see Cecilia's face. She's terrified of him. And the sister doesn't seem to really understand, but, you know, as the story develops, you know, Cecilia talks about how she was isolated and how her life was controlled. And we can kind of see why Emily and her have a bit of a disjointed relationship. Definitely. Which, yeah. Which, which is then, though, that that not, not having the closest relationship, that is then um, through the acts of... Of Adrian again, the the, the yeah, boyfriend. That, that's that's the really abuse. that's what's yeah. then pecked at, and uh, again, and, and that's the you're yeah, not jumping ahead too much. That's the that's the masterstroke in this film is the idea that this villain is playing everyone against her and making things yeah. look like what it, what it's not, um, and it's just like you can see it unfolding. Like, oh my god, what the, ah, just ah, oh, it's yeah, it's it's so good because it's just like. You know it's going to end up on... It's heading in like a downward spiral, but just seeing it play out and you can't stop it. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and but you still... From that second, like, you are rooting for Cecilia. You are like, you've got to get out of here. Like, get away from that. That is, that is violent and that is aggressive and abusive. Get the hell out of there. And so when she does, you're like, hell yeah. And then, you know, we're introduced where to... Um, her, her best friend James and his daughter Sydney and she's been staying at their house for what two two weeks at this point and they're celebrating her little victories you know and it's just so nice that she has that support that she probably went without for a really long time mm, mm. And again that just that idea of she's literally just like completely stricken with paranoia so, yeah. so again that first journey of stepping outside or make it to the letterbox and back um, yeah. Oh man, and yeah, and, and and I think there's one little funny side note though is like when you finally see James in his cop uniform, he's like the real life version of that cop from Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, where he's like his like <laughs> cop is his, his his uniform. Sorry, is skin tight. Like this guy's ripped, right? Yeah, and it's just he's super and, ripped, and, it, and it's literally just like one slight little flex, and it's just gonna poof, like. <laughs> I just thought that was funny, and um, but 
but what whilst at the same time he's just like this deeply caring very supportive guy but i'm just like man i would yeah. I, like as a cop man this guy could yeah he's uh quite intimidating <laughs> he's gonna kick your ass yeah, exactly <laughs> which which makes makes you feel good for her that yeah. knowing what is potentially coming after her um having someone like that as that protector yeah because she's kind of lulled into this false sense of security when Emily comes to the house. And this is what I was saying about the disjointed relationship because Cecilia's like, what are you doing here? Yes. And yes. her reaction is like, oh, can't I be here? Aren't you happy to see me? And that's why it's, yeah, you can definitely see the impact that Adrian has had on her relationships with people. Even with James, the fact that Adrian doesn't know where he lives... Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they've been friends since high school because you find out later, you know, like Emily says something and he says something about... James replies with something about knowing them since they were kids. Mm, mm. And it's just like, why doesn't Adrian know where he lives? And that's probably because he got so pushed out of Cecilia's life that it, he became irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, just thinking of it like that, actually, as... Um, that is a very good point because that wasn't sort of really running from my mind. I, I just kind of, yeah. I mean, she's been with Adrian this entire time, so surely if she's got this like such a long friend relationship with um, with James, mm. it would have come up at Why some point. He know? Yeah, exactly. But um, this this is what I was saying about like this um, lull of false sense of false security. Um, because Emily comes over to share the news that Adrian has, um, I don't want to say committed, so I'm going to say completed yes, suicide. Yeah, yeah. Um, and basically that his brother Tom has, you know, said, you're going to get some money, this estate. And they later have a meeting and it's like $5 million or something, yeah. isn't it? Which is just insanity. <laughs> But it's a really weird scenario because then it's just kind of like, mm. it's like a, she, she initially, she's told the news by her sister and it's just like, there is the shock factor of like, wow, okay, maybe it's all over. But then mm. part of, for all the crap that she's been through with him, I was trying to look for like, was there any sliver of morning of I guess because she would have had an original start good relationship at the start sort of thing yeah and, and, and having lived and, and, and obviously having stayed with him he's, he's very controlling sort of thing she finally got to the point where she escaped but then it's almost just like it's it's always so sort of off the cuff the way like oh yeah here it is in the paper have a look and it's just like you, yeah. you, you then have to react all at once of like okay there's this reason why I escaped but then there is there was this relationship beforehand so on top of the sister then questioning to her kind of like, well, what's going on sort of thing, um, you know, and, and yeah. not, not really knowing, uh, I guess, understanding the, the positions that the reasons why she escaped and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that is, you know, significant to the impact that Adrian, inf you know, had on her. And the fact, one thing I wanted to bring up is that this is, an incredibly insightful look into domestic violence and controlling relationships. Yep, yep. Um, the manipulation, even from beyond the grave, using money to control her. 
and even just donating that much, well, not donating, but, you know, giving her that much money in the will and testament and having stipulations along with it Mm. is another controlling move. Mm. You know, like, why couldn't he just leave her alone? Yeah, and then it's just kind of like the idea of, okay, I left for a reason, and but then now he's gone. So again, I mentioned that is there that is and there any aspect of actually mourning his death. Then on top of yeah. that, you know, st- she's has that little bit of mindset, and then it's just like then all this money comes out of nowhere. It's like oh, maybe he really actually he he actually did really feel strongly for me, sort of thing, and and you know represented in this monetary sense so it's kind of like yeah. you know, th- this guy is is from you know, all, all of his all of his his inventions and and everything and all this business that he's built up it's like now it's passed over to me it's like wow what what a gesture sort of thing so it's almost just mm. kind of like priming her for very manipulative yes yeah manipulative and and, and almost then pulls her back in to then be kind of like, oh, well, you owe me because now I've made your life so good because I'm giving you all this money. Even though she thinks he's dead at that time. Yeah. and But the really cool thing that she does is set up a fund for James's daughter to go to Parsons. And their relationship, the three of them, is just really wholesome Mm. with no ambiguity of, like, any allusions to a sexual relationship between James and Cecilia. It's awesome. I really appreciated that take on it, that it was just purely a friendship. Yeah, it wasn't going to end up with a thing of, like, you know, he becomes this protector and then they overcome the villain and they're together at the end. It's, it's, It's still, there still is that... You know, long-term friend relationship, all the support he has for her, that's then tested partially, yeah. partially into the movie. But then, that then sti- yeah, again, I mean, I'm assuming if you're listening to this, you possibly would have seen it. Is, so, that, is, that, is that how this, this works? Is, I don't know. Yeah, we definitely talk spoilers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, um, yeah, so the fact that he's still there helping her out at the end. And again, yeah. it, it's, it's not, they're not trying to make any... There's literally no romance in this film no, like there's none. there's there's no other it's amazing it's it, it, it's all <laughs> friends familial and then obviously everything the story built around this whole escape from this uh yeah yeah control I, I think i really appreciated that part of it because you know there are films where you say like you said the protector role where they eventually end up together and a lot of the time it's really unnecessary hmm like, a, a man and a woman can be just friends. And I also think because the ultimate part of the ending of her taking control, that was the, the payoff. That was the... Yeah. That was the fulfilment that I was looking for from this story at the start. And her progress yeah. going from sheer terror and paranoia, absolute rejection from everyone, you know, right down to the very bottom of the barrel and then schemes her way back it, in, in the best use of the word because she's playing his game yeah so yeah um i just love it it, it actually get, kind of gives me goosebumps now just talking about it just because yeah. the, that whole, the like, whole revenge and how it all this. plays out oh awesome yeah it's fantastic um and this after the scene that's really super wholesome with sydney and james and they're celebrating and um that night 
um, she wakes up feeling like she's being watched. And I've had those uh, feelings. Uh, you're, you're, like, like you're I, saying yeah. it, and I'm less like, I remember what, back to watching it, and I used to have this stuff as a kid all the time as well. Like, I would always wake up and think that there was, like, like a shadow, a, st- a standing mm. adult-sized shadowed figure at the end of the bed. Um, and there was a period of time that I would, like, go and wake my parents up. I'm like, there's someone in my room or someone outside the window or whatever. And there never was. It was always just, like, the mind playing tricks on me. But this scene encapsulates that feeling of being watched and then you see like the coat stand no what is like the the blankets no no there's the blankets but then there's like that coat stand thing it's got like the hat oh yeah which is cool because that's almost like a throwback to the original original yeah Yeah. and um yeah i remember seeing it for that split second and i said to my friend i was just like holy shit did you just see that like (laughs) because because they don't go back to it They, they show it once no and then, and, then when, and then when they turn the lights on, you see what it was, but they're not focusing the, 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 the tension in the scene on this, like, it looks like a person standing at the end of the bed. It's the, I feel like I'm being watched, the blankets removed, the chair. Oh. Yeah. And because we've all felt that before. It's, we've all woken up uh, feeling like someone is watching us. Man, it's... Um, and that is like the to me like the, the the masterful part of this film particularly when the 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 villain like adrian himself is that purely like okay um because i mean obviously you know for the title of the film that you, you're gonna expect some creepy scenes involving like is someone there or not mm. and when they start building that into the story and you have still scenes <clears throat> that don't move and they're kept there for an awkwardly long time and you're literally fixed, listening, watching, waiting to see anything and nothing happens. Yeah. So good. But they also they also set up shots to make it feel like somebody is also there. Yeah, yeah. In the way that you're looking from that person who that invisible person's yep. perspective yes, as well yes. and that <laughs> creeps me out and, and then and to me i because before i even because i uh, i had no idea how it was going to be revealed how he's invisible and stuff right so i remember yeah. i remember specifically noticing the little fluttery sounds and i was just like oh like what is that and my friend's like what yeah so watching it is like, i didn't hear it and then it's not until, you know, when it's revealed that you realise that they're starting to just slightly pepper in the, the camera noises. Yeah. I'm like, genius. Just like, you hear like that. Yeah. It's just like, what is... Oh. Yeah. Because the next morning, because she does see like the, like a foot at the end of the bed on the blanket and she she wakes up both James and Sydney and they don't really know what's going on and she can't, Mm, mm. she's like you know someone's here someone's here and so that's where it's starting to edge in that whole James and Sydney just they know she's been through a really traumatic time and they're kind of like okay maybe she's just roughing it out it's fine uh, go back to sleep kind of stuff Yeah. and the next day she is cooking bacon <laughs> she's cooking breakfast and James goes to work and she goes to get Sydney and this is where they have that really long pan shot yep. of just the kitchen. And you can hear Cecilia in the background and, hey, come get breakfast. And um, you see the flames one bit, up. 
before that. Oh, really? Um, the knife falls off the bench. Oh. And it doesn't hit the ground. Ooh. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. So, and you do see that because you see that when she puts the knife down, it spins and like topples yeah. off the bench. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't hear it hit the ground oh, at all. What? Yeah. And then so that's good. when the flames go up. So good. Yeah. Oh, man. It's so good. And that's when they're really like, there is definitely somebody in this freaking house. Mm. You know, um, we as an audience are totally bought in already by, you know, just the foot on the blanket. We're like, something yeah. weird is and, going and on. And plus at this point, I'm not sure. I was trying to decide, is the whole film going to take place inside this house? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I didn't, I didn't know if that was ever going to... Because, yeah, that, that is a thing that is relatively common in some horror films you know like like yeah. uh like house on haunted hill and stuff like that. it's all contained within one thing sort of um mm. and i kind of thought oh maybe they're gonna really be pushing all this but i'm kind of glad that they didn't because then it doesn't that whole all the little things you're looking for and, and knowing the layout of the house um and the objects within it and, and, and you know it's, it's a relatively small house as well you're not um it doesn't overstay its welcome you're you're taken outside of that yeah. setting so you can still go back and i could go back and watch this you know a second or third time and still really enjoy that because they haven't overplayed it yeah because um it's that day that cecilia actually goes for a job interview and her portfolio has no work mm. in it and that was just like oh to me i was just like oh could happen but i know what happened like at that point already you know that whoever this invisible thing is in the house is absolutely playing with her and trying to you know really mess things up for her and when she finds that it's gone she um you know the guy reassures her don't worry about it send it to me later but when she stands she passes yes, out yes and ends up in the hospital and and, um, and it does that awesome i love those uh fixed like fixed to face shots yeah. so then you see the full fall and it gives you the sense of yeah. uh, of that dizziness because you get the 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 trailing footage behind and you get the smack on the ground and stuff and it's um and again yeah at that point you don't know that he Why that he that he'd actually happened. yeah drugged her drugged yeah her. yeah and they and then um they when she gets home she the doctor calls her and tells her that you know um you had a lot of diazepam in your system, which uh, for those who don't know what diazepam is, it's a sleeping pill. It's a benzo uh, diazepam. And it's usually, it's typically used for, as an antidepressant um, or a, like an anxiety medication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, like, I used to take dia um, like benzo diazepam to help me sleep. And even the smallest dose will just knock you out. Mm. <laughs> so mm. they, um, they, she actually finds a bottle of diazepam in her bathroom and it's a <laughs> bottle that she had dropped and it's got the blood stain on it yeah and it has like a blood stain on it and that's from obviously when you know adrian has punched the window mm -hmm. he's picked up the diazepam turns out she had drugged him to knock him out so she could escape so he's kind of doing a lot of things that she had done to him yeah he's i'm gonna get you back but she thinks he's yeah. dead but then now she's piecing it together there's like little um, signs of, you know, potentially he's around still. And this is the scene that terrified the crap out of me when she's in the shower. 
and like I think she's sitting in the shower and she's just like trying to relax and she's had a really fucking rough day <laughs> and um she doesn't know what's going on no idea and you can kind of see um I think steam starts to to like swirl around or maybe that's another scene I'm not too sure I can't remember um but the handprint is left on the door of the shower on and that to me was just enough I was like oh no did I'm you out. know that I don't know whether you were served like a different release version of it or not cuz that was in the trailer yeah it that scene I was expecting it was not in the film I watched at the cinema or when I rented it oh well it's on the prime version yeah but like Oh, you didn't. It, uh, you yeah, didn't yeah watch so, the so I've never actually seen the film with the shower scene, even though I fully thought oh, ex- expected no it. Yeah, and I don't know why it's not why? there. It's because I and and this isn't a case of like cinema toilet break or like stepping away when I watched it at home. I was just yeah actively yeah waiting for it. Yeah, that's so strange because it's in the prime version. Yeah, I don't know. Like I only watched it two days ago. <laughs> Maybe I have my own Adrian who's going back in and. Re- replacing yeah. version making me making me go crazy you know oh uh, yeah anyway probably so I can I can, <laughs> I can imagine that would be a, 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 a scary scene because I was expecting yeah something like it that. was just really jarring and like ugh yeah get out of here you creep leave her alone just let her live a life well and and, and, and that's the thing yeah. like that I find so strange about this and it really just goes to show his own personality and, the, and, and, and and whatever he's got going on. But he is super, super rich. Yeah. Super inventor. <laughs> and he's obsessing over this... Like, like to, me, to me, it's like one of the things that you, like, you see that and then you immediately think, like, could have any girl. Like, you know, he's got the money, blah, blah, sort of thing. And then... But he's spending all this time obsessing over some... Trying to get back at... Yeah. yeah, yeah, like not even trying to get back with her, just revenge. Yeah, just revenge, and it's just like that. Just shows the kind of absolute, I don't know, whatever head heads, whatever he's is going through his mind, and those like obsessive yeah, controlling. Absolutely. Yeah, because it, it, to me, it's not like a. Yeah, it, it it is weird to, um, I kind of view it as like you know when you get to see like two celebrities like together in a couple sort of thing and and mm. obviously he was he's like a known guy in this town city that they're in sort of thing and he's he's got that massive house on against the cliff and everything and then it's just like then he just meets someone at a party like to me it's not the case of like so you're meeting someone else that came from wealth if you know what i mean um and and, yeah. and that's what makes it just i think really accentuate how obsessive he is like the power dynamic. yes yeah exactly yeah yeah it's like it, it, it's, it's like almost like I gave you everything. Like you were just a nobody. He's, this is probably how he's thinking, right? I gave you everything, yeah. and then this is how you betray me. So I'm gonna like completely ruin your life. Yeah, it's really sickening, and a lot of men do do this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's the that is the sickening part of it is that I'm sure a lot of women watching this movie saw a lot of red flags that you know should have popped up in past relationships. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And that's sca- that is scary to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you nailed it when you said power dynamic. Because it, it, it's just it's just another kind of take on that. Because with this, there is that like 
luxury and money involved versus in my mind like the say like yeah people living in maybe like a lower socioeconomic suburb or something and domestic violence happening within a household it's not like one person attracted someone like there was someone it's really hard for me to describe but I I, I guess what I'm trying to say is his use of money as a way to establish hold over her yeah as opposed to a domestic violence situation where where it's more of a equal ground financially and things like that yeah yeah more of a physical difference than yeah, a, yeah. a manipulative manipulation through economic means yes yeah yeah <laughs> now put it into words say, i sorry, do understand yeah because yeah. it's really hard for me to describe because i didn't want to try and um say, say something that could be taken the wrong way for people that might yeah. be listening that have suffered domestic mm. violence and things like that you know um so yeah. but essentially you said it with the, the power dynamics uh, aspect of it yeah and i and you know to reiterate what you're saying about the whole um finan- financial manipulation is also domestic violence yeah. like they're, yeah they're both very equal parts um yeah domestic violence and it's not to minimize the other he, he yeah. was the both he was the physical yeah. and the financial yeah yeah, he was a lot. And psychological, by the sounds of it. Oh, of, of course, it. yeah. He, um, uh, Cecilia is obviously considerably worried about what is happening. And I think she's kind of started to tap into this idea that somebody is watching her, someone is messing with her, um, something is going on. She's very suspicious and paranoid, which would be completely, and is completely acceptable in this situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she goes to visit her sister, who's really pissed off at her because um, she got quite a nasty email from Cecilia. Well, she thinks she got it from Cecilia. Yep. Oh man! And <laughs> yeah, she she has really it's really horrible because Cecilia goes home later that night and she's reading her email, like the email that was sent to her sister. And even though they're not the best of friends, it's clear that Cecilia would never say half of those things to her sister. Yeah, and just another thing. It's All like someone someone clearly logged into my email uh, and she can read the full message. It's like, oh my God. And it's like, how how can you convince your sister otherwise? As far as she's concerned, yeah. you actually sent this email. It's like, are you, do, yeah. are, are you just trying to now backtrack or... I, I don't know, for whatever mm. reason, you know, you, you, the sister seeing that Cecilia wrote this um, and... I, I tried to put myself in the sister's shoes. I'm trying to think like, man, if someone in my family sent me that and then came around the next day and then was all just acting normal, how how would you react in that situation? You do, yeah. you feel bad for Cecilia because you figured out what's happening, but then you can understand why the sister is, yeah. reacts that way. Yeah. And this kind of is more of an insight into their relationship because Emily doesn't want to hear it. Exactly. Yeah. She's just like, off you go. See you later. Bye. Mm-hmm. And that kind of tells me they definitely do... They're not on speaking terms most of the time, by the sounds of it. Yeah, and I'm trying to think, do they... Because they touch on a bit more of that, but they don't go full rabbit hole with it. Do they? No. Yeah, yeah. And they kind of just leave it alone. Yes. Which is great. Yes, yeah. Like, we can just... So much is left for us to put those pieces together. And we're just given the straight, direct story. You can make sense of what we give you. Mm-hmm. 
we're not going to go into this whole background story that is completely unnecessary. Yeah, we, we, we don't have to hold your hand to you. every step. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And later that night, um, while she's having a massive cry over the email, Sydney is like, let's have a girls' oh. night. And Sydney is then absolutely slapped the fuck out. Yeah. Like, this this was like gnarly to watch because yeah. first of all you have a girl of Sydney's age anyway that that's happened yeah. to she's established this friendship you know obviously there's, there's age difference but she's got this little sort of friendship going and then that and it's just like how do you react in that situation and then how like there's clearly no one else around it's you know it's like who else would have done it and then for the yeah the dad James to come in it's just like this complete court between protecting his daughter and then trying to understand what Cecilia is going through and then trying to process what happened in one yeah. go. I think he does the right thing by completely removing Sydney from the situation in the house. Yeah, and that's that's fine. I I I, I do like that they do have a discussion um, about her mental health, mm. and um, and to, I think he says something like, "Until you get help, like." Yes. So uh, I'm not too sure. I can't remember. But he does take Sydney out of the house, which is what any parent should and would do. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and it's later that night that Cecilia uh, decides to go up into the attic because she's trying to find her portfolio work. And, um, yeah. No, no, she... What happens? She... Oh, no, she's investigating... Sorry, she's looking around the house because I've got yep. my, my notes. Yeah. Um, and she ends up in the attic. She ends up no, but, no, but because she ends work. up in the attic because she calls the phone, doesn't she? Yes, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Why didn't I write that? Oh, it's here. That's why. <laughs> um, so for, I can't remember what um, like uh, what's the word like possesses her to call the phone. Uh, no. So something happens where does she get a missed call from that? N- Number. There's some reason why she's got the phone to begin yeah. with. She doesn't suddenly just pick it up and go, "I'm going to call you." I'm trying to remember what it is, but either way, it it makes sense at the time. Whatever happens, and then when she does, yeah. and then you when you hear it, it's clearly muffled over. And then when she does walk up into the ceiling, you're thinking, "Oh man, enclosed oh space. What's going to happen?" Um, Don't. And and I love how they set this up because you do think. That something's going to happen. Yes. Yes. And it's just so intense. Uh, th- this whole thing, going into the roof, the phone, actually seeing the phone up there and that. Um, yeah. And then... the My favourite scene in the entire film is when she kicks the white paint. Yes! When she comes back when, down. When, when and, you first um, see his shape. Because he's yeah. really close. And you weren't expecting that, You weren't expecting that, it to be that close. And it's just like, that was the literal, like, grip your heart. Like, me and my yeah. friend, two, <laughs> you know, 30, at the time, 32, 31-year-old males, just like... <gasps> and my friend, my, my friend's literally just like, I don't think I can watch this. Like, it was so funny. Oh, really? Yeah, because he's just like, I literally, like, I feel like I'm going, like, I'm having palpitate, like, something's going to happen with my heart. Oh, yeah. Because we were I'm so focused holder. on it. And it's just like... Yeah. 
It's I'll just hold my breath. Yeah. And be like. Ugh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, man, I, I loved it. That was just yeah. That's like hmm. because then then you got a bit of a sense of where you kind of knew what his size would be. You know, he'd sort of be like tall, kind of like where relatively well built male and stuff like that. Um, but that's when you start to see a bit of the shape of what is the suit yeah. as well. And you're just like, what is this? And how do you exist? Yeah, because otherwise this is just dude walking around naked, I guess. But <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And I think that's like the very st- stark, excuse the pun, um, <laughs> difference <laughs> between H.G. Wells' Invisible Man and this Invisible yep. Man is that the original Visible Man uh, was naked. Yep. Because obviously he'd wear a coat and a hat and whatever and it'd sit on him, so... <laughs> Any clothes would be visible, but with with this thing, it's just so one hundred percent. You don't know what's there. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And at, at that point, I was like, "Oh man!" Like, I just, I was like, I, I, I was very, I've been very uh, engrossed the entire time. But that's when, for me, like, it hit the hit up a notch. Yeah. I just, yeah. Everything about this film, it just went from. Uh, I want to say strength to strength, but it just kept getting better. Yeah. I can't, there's a few things I can fault the movie for, but that's, it doesn't outweigh how incredible this movie really is. And I feel like that, I don't know, again, because of yourself and, and, and knowledge of horror and this show, is it right that it's not often that a, a film labelled as horror gets such kind of high regard across the board? Depends what it's marketed as. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, like, they marketed Parasite as a comedy, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, it really... There's a lot... Hollywood does not like horror. It never has. It's always been seen as this genre that Hollywood wish would just disappear. And it's only recently that Hollywood, you know, judges and and boards or whatever, whoever makes the decisions on awards, has started to see how brilliant the filmmaking, production, acting, special effects, everything really is. Mm, mm, definitely. I can't believe there's not even a category for best horror movie in in the whatever the Golden Globes or whatever it is. I don't know what. I I, I feel like this is almost like the equivalent of how uh, metal is treated at the Grammys. Yeah, and yes, definitely. Definitely. It's like maybe the, sometimes gets an award and then the nominations are sort of yeah. like sometimes there's like a are they even medal in there and then it's not even televised. Mm. Like it's just <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like the Arias have best rock album but yet North Lane won it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like North Lane a medal. What why, why is this still a thing? Yeah, cuz they're like, just trying to lump it. Yeah. Is, oh. Anyway. Yeah, a legit genre. What are you doing? <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, uh, so I, I think, and, and I, I don't know, like, it, it feels like maybe in the past few years we've been in this, we've kind of maybe hit this level of these psychological, these thrillers slash horrors that have, that are sitting in a certain echelon. And I feel like I put yeah. this up with your get outs and us and something that I really love. Yeah. Um, because they're sort of like mm. they're just again po- like positioned at a, a at a level that's much more um, demands your uh, attention and, and and thinking and it's not 
it's not your popcorn horror flick, I guess, is, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And which, you know, in saying that, there are a lot of, you know, the popcorn horror flicks that are very deserving of awards. Oh, absolutely. Like, and, and as you said, absolutely. like it doesn't have to be... Um, yeah, you, you could have a a horror film that's very over the top and also the stuff. Yeah. But it has just like the amazing attention to detail with the effects and, and the settings and everything. It's like, it's it would be full deserving. Yeah. Like it gets overlooked, as you say, because horror, but it's like all this effort and artistry and everything that's Trash. gone into it. So like whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I totally, I totally, um, I can totally see that. And I imagine it'd be very frustrating, particularly as yourself as being that yeah. horror fan. Yeah. It definitely deserves its own category. Yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, so so that scene. And then uh, what happens next? Yeah, because they kind of have a bit of a scuffle and um, Cecilia gets out and gets in an Uber. Now, this Uber guy is great because he drives her all the way out <laughs> to bumfuck nowhere and waits for her while she goes inside. Yeah. And this is where the big reveal of what is going on happens. Yes. Not necessarily who's controlling the whole... Um, you know, uh, stalking and whatnot, yep. but how it's happening. Mm-hmm. And so Cecilia gets into the house and the passcode to get into the house, I read this somewhere, the passcode for him to get into the house is the year that the original uh, Invisible Man re- was released. Uh. Yeah, I think it was like 1937 or something. Okay, okay. I thought that was cool. <laughs> but don't they piece it, like, as if it's... Because isn't she, like, thinking out loud as to what it is? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and obviously she's not saying, you know, the, the original... Because um, what does she say it is? She's, like, she's thinking it's something to do with their relationship where they first... And something about the age yeah, of... Yeah, I can't really remember what... yeah. She says, but it, yeah, the whole number is the, f- the original. Yeah, so it, yeah, in the story of the, the film, it means something to the relationship, but it's also a yeah. nice little Easter egg, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was really That's cool. cool. I was like, I like that. <laughs> and so, because, um, I don't know if we've really meant, we, we have talked about how Adrian's an inventor, but he actually owns his own optic company. Yeah. Um, which do, I think, lots of cameras and lots of innovative security and, and whatnot. I'm not too sure what he actually does. And she goes down into the um, laboratory and finds this suit yeah. made up of all these cameras. And listening to them in that dead silence of that lab gave me goosebumps because I was like, Ugh. And then because hearing them, you're then like, oh, those are those noises I heard prior. Um, yeah, but, I've heard this But, but just amplified, the movie. yeah. Um, but but yeah. even just the presence of the shape of the suit... On on, on on the rack per se yeah like that in itself is quite feels quite confronting because you're like mm. it's like you know he's not there but then part of you thinking like you're expecting it to move like this suit yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're just like don't you move you bastard don't you move oh man it's, it's <laughs> I don't want to see that it's, it's literally like a will it or won't it for a lot yeah. of this film and you're just staring at stuff. Just, oh, man. You're like, just stop. Don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> and Cecilia does the smart thing and uh, grabs the suit and hides it. Yeah. I think she chucks it in a backpack or something. And um, she's actually attacked by the Invisible Man. No, no, no. She, comes she, along. she hides it in the 
she goes into that little like that slidey cupboard thing and uh, hides it down yes. the side of the yeah yeah, yeah. just in time obviously because just yeah. in time she obviously wants to come back later for that yes. <laughs> um and Zeus saves the day and she escapes so I was like that whole thing for me was just really tense yeah because it's also day like brought like light daytime it's not like a dimly lit the small house and it's not nighttime no. and so you kind of like you generally associate the daytime thing it's like oh it's not nothing's going to occur and night times when it's crazy so yeah. even that kind of like going against those expectations too it's kind of like you felt safer going in but even then everything about that lab r- room as well it's- always feels freaky too it's off. It's really... Um, like surgical. Someone... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nailed it. Absolutely. And she gets away and later goes and um, meets up with her sister. And I hate this scene. It's so sad. It's the first time seeing it as well. Um, when it happens. Uh, with the yeah. levitating knife and that. Oh, man. And they're both watching yeah. it. And so Emily, you can see the look on Emily's face where she's like, oh, Cecilia's serious about this invisible person stalking her. Yeah. And then it, and it happens and so quickly a... and then it's planted in her hand. Oh my goodness. In front of everyone yeah. in a public setting. Yeah. And then the, and then and then the way that it's just like, you see the waiters that they don't know what to do. And then she's do? like arrested. She's like... <laughs> pushed to the ground at the same time as well to get cuffed and stuff. It's... It happens all very quickly. Yeah. Like the whole, um, you know, Emily being murdered and Cecilia being framed and her being carried off to a mental hospital. Yeah. And this is like... It's just like boom, 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 boom. Yeah, exactly. And so you can kind of like, it, it's all a very accelerated downfall. Yeah. Um, but it kind of feels like realistic in that sense because it's just kind of like because already by that point when she's when she's at the restaurant she's looking she her look is degrading if i want to use that term for like she's just look she, you know all the shadows and all the tiredness and all the paranoia and yeah. everything so to everyone around her it's like well she is going crazy so by i think by the time that is the trigger the murder it makes sense that that would be the point they transition to the psych ward yeah. and stuff yeah because um, when they're at the psych ward, she also finds out that she's uh, pregnant. Yeah, yeah. Which she had tried to avoid. Yep, yep, yep. yep. And, and, and um, what was that happening? He was. Re- yeah. he, he said he. No, doesn't she speculate he might have been replacing? Um, her birth control. Yeah. yeah. She had thought that earlier in the film. Yeah. Um, or maybe at this stage, I can't really remember. I remember this conversation happening Ooh. with um, the doctor. It, is is this the scene where they strap her down and then just as her eyes, she's fading off, she hears the voice? No, not, not yet. yet. That's what I thought. Okay. Yep, yep. No, because this is where um, Tom comes in and he's like... Oh, goes to meet her at the, at the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yes, and says that he's been working with Adrian, you know, they've planned this all along. Um, and basically that, um, if she doesn't have the baby and, you know, um, go back and be with Adrian, that they're going to commit her to this institution. Um, and, you know, Cecilia is obviously incredibly upset and angry about the death of her sister. Mm. And, 
Yeah, it's just, um, you know, he says some really horrible stuff and really manipulative stuff. Like, Tom says some really, yeah, messed up stuff. Like, but, uh, it's uh, is it at this point that you're still like trying this. to decide whether he's playing along with this because his brother is controlling him too or whether he's making it sound like that? Yeah. Because remember, he, he yeah, the very first time you see him, he says, yeah, he was like, he plays the downtrodden role. Brother, yeah, downtrodden and, brother. You know, yeah. he did this to me too. You know, I know how you feel. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I love this because Cecilia uh, steals his pen yeah. for good reason. Yeah. Because um, when she's in her room, um, I don't know when they strap her down. She, she she goes she goes crazy at some point. She lashes out and then they strap her down and they put her to sleep. I think in the room in the uh, cell. Yeah, because she slashes her wrists. Yeah, 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 yeah. With the pen and is saying like, you know, um, you're, you're not getting this baby and you're not getting me. Yeah. And you know she's baiting him like she's incredibly smart and um, she I can't. He, oh no, that's right. She goes to slash her wrist and he grabs yeah. her and she stabs him yeah. with the pen. And I'm like, yes. And, um, you know, he like the suit glitches in and mm. out, but you don't really see who it is in the suit. Mm, mm. And that's when the security guard comes in. And, um, uh, I don't see where she was strapped. The strap down. down's before that. So at some point. Oh, okay. Yeah, it, it, and, and I think this is the. What she tr- she I think it might be after the meeting with Tom. Maybe it, I didn't. Maybe that wasn't in my version. Oh crap! No, because <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't remember that, and I've watched the movie. Yeah, a yeah. Of no, times. There, there's the one bit where she's taken to someone and she's strapped down, and then as they they inject her to put her to sleep, and as she's part, like, the eyes are glazing over, and as she's about to pass out, you hear his voice. Oh. It's creepy as hell. Like he he said because because really what is the thing that he texts or says to her? It's like a catch. That, that, oh, I that there's like a remember. recurring line that he says to her that like, that he yeah. he must have said to her in their relationship, and um, I think it might be the thing that he texts the phone or something. You know, earlier in the in the mm. in the um up in the roof. Um, but yeah, he says that to her, and that's when you first hear his voice uh. beyond when you. Yeah, you know, post death, um, and yeah. it's creepy because you, she just clicks just as she's about to pass out, and she passes out. Ah, yeah, I've watched it twice, both on Amazon Prime, and so I must have I seen like the Australian theatrical related. Yeah, maybe that's so strange that like I've had a scene that you yeah, didn't you're the see, shower and now I've got a scene the, that the, I haven't yeah, seen. Yeah. This is so Yeah, weird. so this definitely took place before the her stealing the pen and then threatening to kill herself because of yeah. the baby and stuff. But what was creepy is that I, was, I wasn't sure, like, from where the strapping down a bit took place, I was trying to gauge what length mm. of time she'd been in the psych ward for. Yeah, because, I don't think it's been yeah, long. Yeah, yeah, because I wasn't sure at the time that, like, it wasn't until I, I remembered about the whole... Um, uh, uh, replacing the pill, you know, the um, pregnancy, so um, 
replacing the pill part uh, that yeah uh, that took me a long time to anyway whatever <laughs> which we talked about so many like, different bits of medication I'm just yeah, anyway um, that uh, for a split second I thought she'd been in the ward for long enough that when he was in the room with her and she was strapped down and then passed out that he had raped her. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, and that, that and that's what yeah. I thought. Like when they said, "Oh, then then they said you're pregnant," because that followed this scene. So, like, that's yeah. why I was just like, I, I remember seeing that when there was Nat's pregnant. I was like, "Holy shit!" And then it's it's not actually that, but just that running through my mind yeah. at the time. I thought that is so messed up because like the possibility, the possibility of it. That oh do my goodness! That. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And this is where <laughs> fucking hell breaks loose. <laughs> Yeah. In this scene. Yep, yep. I was just like, what the hell is going on? Because um, the security guard is, like, coming in because she's screaming about um, this invisible man being in the in the, her room. And everyone's appearing, and like, ding, ding, ding in the hallway and shit. Yeah. Obviously. And that's, I think that'd be quite typical of a, of a mental health unit, that if, if someone's reacting that way to something, that a lot of people would all of a sudden be on site. Yeah. And they're all rushing the room. And so he gets out and he's like punching people out and shooting them. And I'm just like, just leave. Yeah. <laughs> but like, they don't know. Like, this is the first time they're, like, they're running into go. a room and then they're trying to, they're seeing all this stuff happen, but they can't see him properly aside from the glitching. And mm. isn't that the one bit where he like holds up the guy and then holds him for a, a, a bit of time and then he pulls the trigger or something? Yeah, yes. yeah, and yeah. I was just like, oh, man, just watching that play out, I was just like, oh, this is horrible. It was frustrating the, 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 for me. I'm yeah, not, the, that's probably my least favourite scene. This is the, uh, Same here for me. Not so much because of what happens, but because of the accelerated pace and the having to make it seem like someone's invisible, this contains the most CGI. Um, and yeah. so that was what... This is the only singular moment in the film that started to slight. I was like, ah, oh, it's not. It's pulling away from the the aesthetic, I guess, uh, a, a bit. Mm. Because I was like, oh, it's it's going to become like a full tech CGI sort of thing, and and, and luckily it doesn't. Like like it, that's still yeah. the theme. But this part, I think, yeah, because of everything happening in quick succession, they had to animate a fair bit of it. Because I've seen the behind the scenes of mm. how they did the him versus her in the fighting inside the house. And, 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 yeah, that would have been so and, cool. And that's cool, and that works well. Like there are some giveaway bits of okay, yeah, you know, CGI this to piece it together, but it didn't ru- it didn't ruin anything. Then it was it was still very cool to watch. Yeah. Whereas this one, I think, it was just there was so much going on. There are just some bits where it's a bit like, uh, but and the only reason that bugs me slightly is less to do with like it looks good or good enough now. But I'm, I'm always worried about how CGI dates. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And I think I really like practical effects. Absolutely. And yep. the this film, it's some scenes will date and the rest of it, because it is practical effects and camera, like, um, camera perspectives and techniques and filming techniques, those bits will... Be timeless. You know, yeah. it's... Yeah, exactly. It's the, these scenes where you're just like, oh, come on. Mm, mm. Yeah, exactly. This... It's like you get something like a old school Kubrick film or something and it's all to do with the cinematography and everything. It's nothing to do with it. Yeah. Th- this is not like 
yeah, I, I'm wondering, you know, how things like all these Marvel films and stuff are going to be perceived in X amount of years' time. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I think CGI overall, though, like, um, we did, we have actually passed the point where it's kind of like stuff isn't date, like, stuff from 10 years ago still is actually passable or can look good. Um, it's It, it yeah. was primarily that turn of the century when everyone's like, Hollywood's like CGI all in, that it's like, that is the cringe sort of period of time. Yeah. But still, practical effects done well above all will will win. Yeah, and look, it's not that it's cringeworthy at all no. in this scene. I, it just could have been done a li- like you said there's just like this accelerated pace and all this stuff going I, I on i think it's more and- like it's got more like almost like a video game you kind of like fix this yeah. and then rotate around fix to that and go to this and so and, and i think between that and then the people coming in it made me feel yeah. like a uh, back when you're like playing golden eye something like the alarm goes off and then like the dude do all these dudes appearing and um like a wave of people yeah yeah but again it's it's so that to, for me, that's nitpicking, but for a film yeah. that to Honestly, me is such a high standard, <laughs> it's just like the one thing. If that's it, if that's all we have to nitpick at, then you know that this film is very high caliber yes. compared to other films in the genre, De- definitely. Yeah. And I, and, and this accelerated pace kind of fell flat for me because I, as someone who I have a lot of difficulty, um, maintaining not my attention span but um processing things as they happen and so when something happens really fast it's really hard for my thoughts to catch up with what's happening and so certain like really important plot points drop and i'm still processing you know this wave of people coming in and getting shot and i'm just like what is happening i need to catch up yeah because please slow down because then you're thrust straight into the all the action of the outside in the rain yeah, where Cecilia um, shoots, um, she sorry, she sprays him with, which is brilliant, such a great idea with a fire extinguisher, which reveals yeah. his suit, and she shoots him. And I was just like, okay, I'm still processing everything. Yeah, what? it it happens uh, so relax. Like I feel <laughs> like maybe like I know there's alarms going off and stuff, but I feel like maybe if that happened. Then she escaped and kind of like hid back for a while and wait for all the the emergency teams to dissipate or whatever or go out on their search. Mm. It might have provided enough of a resting spot to then think, "Crap, where's the where's Adrian gone?" Rather rather yeah. than going oh, straight into the rain, um, sort of thing. Because this is what I mean about processing. Yeah, because I'm just yeah. like that isn't even the scene we're talking about. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And s- I totally skipped the bit where he actually disappears. Yeah, and... Because my notes have run out now. <laughs> yeah, and, it, and it's just like... Um, again, yeah, I, I think yeah, this continued on that thing of where it's just all this stuff happened at once that, like, you were so much loving and engaged by the silence, the subtle things, that suddenly there's something, he's there, and thinking he's there and thinking he's not there, just suddenly almost, like, horror action. Yeah. Um, which it, it, you know, it's 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 cool for a. It's like a a section of the film. It's not like it's just like full on action from here on in. It's a section of the film. It's just a lot that happens in two environments back to back. Yeah, because they end up back at the house, and that's the bit where I completely forget that that happens. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Because um, the Invisible Man. Yeah. <laughs> Um, mentions that he's gonna go to the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she uh, he says something about there's some reference of where it's translated as he's gonna get sit like Sydney, or he's gonna get like. There's a reason she's racing back, and she wants to go there to yeah. protect Sydney because she knows she's, Sydney's at the house or whatever. And so yeah, she rushes back, and then that's something. when the. Yeah second invisible man is yeah yes um or that the first invisible man beat her there yeah which because he's invisible (laughs) (laughs) and so they all rushed to the house and this scene just i was this was another one where i just held my breath the the fight scene between james and the invisible man Mm. Because I was just like, do not kill that man in front of his daughter, you sicko. Oh, I know. And you think he is dead, too. Yeah, I thought he was, too. And I was just like, why would you do that? And it's crazy, though, because she's the sheer, like... Just everything happening in front of, like, the door as well. And she's, like, pushing herself yeah. up because she's screaming and everything. It's just, like, so much happens at once. And then when they finally do overcome him and it turns out... They pull it in and it's Tom. And then yeah. yeah, and then you're sort of thinking like, okay, well I mean I, I I assumed at that point I'm like, okay, well they're not gonna end it here, sort of thing, like it's still gonna lead on. Yeah. But um yeah, I remember that at the time that was then a little bit of a like yeah, he did reveal that he's you know, you're now pregnant and now this and sort of thing. But I still don't think I was entirely convinced up until that point that he was actually physically doing anything i thought he was just doing his lawyer stuff pulling strings yeah yeah because the cops go around to adrian's house and actually find him tied up (laughs) and it's just like what yeah yeah i don't understand so why would tom tie up adrian and then demand that cecilia does all this stuff yeah exactly I don't understand. So, uh, yeah, when that was all shown, I was like, okay, yeah, he's, st- he's just playing them and everything. But it was knowing that, it was so funny to see him pretend to get captured, like, found. <laughs> like, he's, he's yeah. like, tied up in his, like, box of shorts. He's just <laughs> I was so confused. And then we kind of get the idea that Tom, that sorry, that Adrian had set Tom up. Yeah. In a way. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That he would use Tom, obviously, pulling financial strings and, and then, yeah, say, basically, yeah. this is our revenge plot against Cecilia, but I'm not going to tell you that you're going to get screwed over. Yeah, and then he's like, uses Tom as bait, essentially, so then that way yeah. she then, for the second time, thinks that Adrian's dead. Or, or, or no, I, I yeah. mean, like, it, it wasn't meant to be... Actually, no, how, how is it? Uh... Yeah, actually, how would he know? I'm trying to think of the sequence of events. So, at what point would he fake capture a fake tie up himself? Not yeah, sure. that, 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 do, do you know what I mean? So, there's where t- that Tom yeah. is as invisible man, and he gets beaten up. That's because Tom was already at the house, and Adrian was the invisible man at the hospital. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because we know that there is two suits. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, man, for a second there, I was just like... Or more than two. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I've like, seen this twice. Yeah. I was like, how did I lose? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and I mean, like, like I said, that scene is very muddy for me. That that portion yep. of the movie, yep. um, where I just couldn't maintain enough focus to be able to get through and understand what was going keeping on. up with the pace of yeah yeah because like you said everything was going slow and it was you know a lot of silence and lower sounds used and then there's you know like sirens going off and guns and violence and it's like um okay but luckily <laughs> yeah on, i think i think you had this <laughs> this set of maybe 10 minutes or so maybe a bit more that's just like full on um, mm. But then we get back into the kind of like feel the of the thing the, of the film, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't disruptive. It real, it wasn't. It's just more. I just don't have the capacity to transition yeah. into like those kinds of scenes and out, back out of them. Yeah, exactly. I, I was I was just really glad that it did do it for that short moment because I thought, oh man, I don't want this just to become like a, a an action film essentially. Yeah. And it didn't, thank God. Yeah. But, I mean, it was... The, the, what was in each scene was very effective. Obviously, seeing what's happening to yeah. the workers. The whole stuff to do with the rain and hiding under cars and the boot of the car and all that sort of stuff. And, um, you know, and then the final thing at, at, at the house and then you think, yeah, James is dead and, and everything. Um, and, then, yeah, that's all crazy, but... Thank God he wasn't. Um, yeah, then we get essentially... I'd the, be so upset if they killed him off. I'd be like... What? <laughs> what? Why are you doing that? Uh, but yeah, so after this point, you get essentially the, the, uh, st- yes, scene? yeah, like the, the, the start <laughs> of it playing out. Like she's, she set th- some things up, but this is like, it actually, yeah, she, she, she yeah. even, she, she doesn't reveal it to anyone. She strings James along thinking it's something else, so. Yeah, because she goes to dinner at Adrian's house. And Adrian thinks, oh, we're getting back together. No worries. And Celia's, um, like, it's been bugged. So James is listening to their their conversations and everything. And um, she thinks that uh, Adrian's going to admit that he is the mastermind. Because she knows. She's she's had enough of his shit. She's not falling for his... Uh, manipulative tactics anymore she's had enough mm, and mm. she's there. she means fucking business how interesting was it watching him as a person seeing this person come back to him he, he was like that teetering between absolute like I've won then actual emotional we're back together so it's like the obsession part of it. Yeah. But then also the control of his outbursts. Like at the start, he seems quite sensitive and then you see him struggling as the conversation of the dinner goes goes on. And you're like, it's actually, it, it's actually really interesting because it's like you've only known when he's masked um, uh, so far, aside from the very start, you've seen him aggressive and scheming and stuff. But then it's like once you're actually seeing him in his proper human form um that's like almost like his most vulnerable but then also the mix of the other things that are happening um and it, and it was yeah. just it was like to me it was like watching three different emotions in one person yeah and people with um certain personality disorders do have that where they can't maintain that mask that is setting up the facade for their normal human behavior yeah and it does 
um, shatter a little bit. Absolutely. And I, I just think, like, the way he, um, that Oliver Jackson, what's his last name? Uh, the guy who plays Adrian uh, pulled that off. I thought yeah. was, yeah, that was. Yeah, I really thought he was great. Yeah. Um, hmm. But man, the the whole uh, slip away to. Just going to the yep, bathroom. Freshen up, the old powder the nose routine and slap on a camera suit. You know, that's what we all do. Yeah. <laughs> it's so great. Oh, dude. Um, and then uh, knowing where the cameras are positioned. She knows oh, it is. And then the acceptance. Of James, who realizes what's how he sees it in the bag, and then it's just like, okay, I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm a pol- I am a policeman, she, um, but I'm not gonna do anything about it. Yeah, because she gets in the camera suit and slashes Adrian's throat, yep. and she does it in a way where I think she um, puts the knife in his hand. Yes, and he yes. slashes himself. Yep, yep. Yeah, so on camera, looks like a suicide. Yeah, looks like suicide. Yeah. And, I mean, it's pretty brutal. It's pretty gruesome. And I, you know, um, a lot of people who uh, suffer from domestic violence do sometimes murder their spouses. Yes. And it is a very terrifying thought that someone already with PTSD is now um, doing something as a result of that. Exactly. Yeah. And And, yeah. and this is kind of what it, like hints at because you have that and then if i just jump jumping straight to the end you have that you know you have james rushes realize what's you know, he's listening to the to, to, to the bug stuff yeah. and then he um comes and rushes to her before he can even get to the house and she's like you know they both turn he stays there and she keeps going and then you see she's got the absolute presence of just like i've pulled it off i finally conquered him but then doesn't she do like a slight little she looks very serious and then she's got a slight little smirk at the very end. Yeah, um, I actually have the quote here. So um, she's walking out and James says to her, you never did want to get him to admitting anything on tape, did you? And she says, of course I did. I just didn't know that he was that unstable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she says, you heard him right, James. What did it sound like to you? And the end line is, it sounded a lot like he killed yes, himself. Yeah. <laughs> and she just walks yeah. off. Into the night with the dog. Yeah, exactly, and I, 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 I think that's really cool. But I think the made for yeah, exactly that foot, that complete. You see her at the start and her at the end, and it's just like the complete turnaround and the satisfaction yeah. and everything. But interesting, where you brought up the point about those enacting violence that are victims of domestic violence, because then, because yeah. then you're like, she's done that, and then she's leaving, and she's still got the suit. And part yeah. of you in your head is like, like, what do you need that for? I hope this isn't then going to lead down the path of you're then, you, you're then the invisible yeah. woman sort of thing. Um, yeah. yeah. Which I don't think, I, I, I think it's meant to play out that, that you could possibly get that hint, but I don't think it's meant to set up a... A yeah. sequel, no. And I, and I, yeah. I, I, I hope don't it think doesn't. there's room for a sequel. <laughs> no, I thought no. it doesn't need no, anything. No. Um, it's just so brilliant. Yeah, uh, man, I just... And, and I'm glad that we're all both sort of like on the same page for the that that just that little bit, that three-quarter three point where we felt <laughs> just that uh, takes you out of the, 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 the vibe a bit. Um, yeah, yeah. And like for that to be the only 
issue that I really had with the film. Um, besides, like, the email with her sister where, like, with me and my sister, I wouldn't give up that easy with her. I'd be like, I will show you my phone right now. Like, this, I did not send you this email. Mm. I think, though, I did not send you yeah, this email. I think the difference is, though, it's her current mental, like, her current instability at that time. Yes. So, so yeah, she, she might not even be yeah. thinking of that, you know, it's like... Like she, she already looks shaken up when she approaches yeah. the door, sort of thing. She's dishevelled. Um. So and yeah, uh, yeah. I think you know, if it was any other situation, everyone now, you know, no, you know, phone in your pocket, email on your phone. Hey, I'll show you. I got the proof, sort of thing. But yeah, I, I think that that one gets a is believable enough given what she's what yeah. the the state that she's feeling at the time because like no one is at that time is believing any of the. She sounds like a crazy person, basically. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Until that point where Emily is killed, did Emily did not believe a thing she was saying. I mean, but think about it, though. Like, someone oh, comes yeah. to you and they're just like... <laughs> yeah. Um, There's an invisible person stalking me. Um, are you okay? Do we need to go and get you some help? Or... Yeah. Like a proper mental health response? <laughs> Ah, uh, um, yeah, yeah, fantastic film. I really hope it gets some form. One of my favourites for the oh, de- Definitely. I just hope it gets just some form of deservedness or recognition. Oh, uh, like, Lee Winnell is just a really fantastic screenwriter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, absolutely brilliant. And, um, I don't know, it's just like, Australian horror writers are something else. They They really are. And, you know, they're in a league of their own, really. That's because um, everything down here is trying to kill us, so we have a lot of good source material. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have great movies like The Bubba Dork, and um, recently I watched a movie called The Furies, which is kind of like a modern interpretation of Beauty and the Beast. Oh, okay. Um, it's actually really good. But that was like, um, but if you don't what, like one of the ones um, prior to selecting this for this podcast, one of the ones that we were, were going to discuss, which I love, again, Australian, is Wolf Creek. And so it's just kind of like... Yes. Yeah. And that was, again, I was the same situation where at the time my friend put it on and there was just something about... I, I, I think a lot of it is because it's based on true events and stuff and because of the WA thing and everything. Yeah. So there was that going for it. But, um, yeah, I, I just seem to be able to avoid... net Like, for the past 20 years, I feel like I've successfully avoided... films classes horror out of any films I've seen classes horror they've all been good or great like I I, like I've seemed to avoided duds I hope I haven't jinxed myself now (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah and so yeah yeah it's 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 a really because I don't think I've just trying to think like do you have any particular just while we're talking genres are there any particular genres you kind of in film that are not your bag or you might comedy comedy yep wow and that's no joke because, okay so i'm a very i love satirical comedy mm-hmm. i like black humor yep. um when you give me like a rom-com or a comedy that doesn't match my humor i cringe wow cringe, just cringe I, I i thought like you were gonna pull out you know when people say, oh, I listen to all music except country. I was trying to think of like, well, what's the film version of 
country, and I thought you were going to pull out whatever that is. Um, no, I um, yeah, I really like. I love. Um, like there are some comedies that are absolutely you know are timeless for me, like Hot Rod. Mm-hmm, mm. That movie I love with a burning passion. So, um, so but... do you feel like you may be more drawn to those, almost like indie level? Because 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 Hot Rod wasn't a, a major release sort of thing, right? Like it's kind of like an yeah. indie film. Um, so, is it? Are there any sort of like major scale? comedies that you you know with the big actors and stuff that you do like or is it just like you just tend to avoid them because i just tend to avoid yeah them. and so and and this is and this is interesting because then them. i feel like this is the re- this is the reverse. this is the reverse <laughs> um like i'll watch them because ned likes a good comedy he likes to laugh i just um i can laugh watching a horror movie so <laughs> Why not do two things that I like? Watch a horror movie and laugh. It's fine. Yeah, and uh, the the yeah. one of the main things though that comes back to um, the reason why I'm I had avoided horror movies is just because in the past, particularly when I was younger, I'm not talking about young young. I'm talking about like teenager and stuff. That's when I realised how much it mentally affects me seeing something that I can't yeah. unsee. Um, like yeah. I can't, it's hard for me sometimes to separate knowing something that's gory, knowing it's fake, but then it just sticking in my mind. So sort of yeah. thing. Um, see, I've, um, I've got a way to come, um, compartmentalize yep. and it's just something that goes on in my head. I mean, like, um, I am an adult survivor of, you know, um, child abuse and, like, I'm very open yes, about that, and yep, everybody knows yep. that. And um, I suffer from CP- um, CPTSD, which is Complex Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder. And, like, I've seen some shit. So, like, horror movies, for me, are... I know that's not real, because I've lived some real fucking yeah, horror. Yeah, okay. And yep. so I think maybe that's why my brain can separate it and go, that's definitely fake, mm. and you're totally fine. Yeah, I... I Everyone's different. I, I certainly and, appreciate you being... Um, yeah, they're very honest about that as well. Because um, I can imagine, yeah, now that you've sort of described that, that that's definitely a you have a, 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 a waiting to to, to to go from. Yeah. Um, to compare. Yeah, it to, yeah. I think a, a part of it as well for me, it's again the tendency to want to avoid gory things or over the top gory things, mm. just because like I hate medical stuff, right? Like. Oh yeah, see for me. It's yeah, fine. do you know what I mean? Like, it's like I just <laughs> like you, you. You say Simon, you got to go get a blood test, and I can already feel myself like crawled up in the fetal position on the floor, just waiting for that appointment oh, wow. to be. Like, I, I'm okay when it's getting done. Yeah, the, you know that sort of but thing. The but it's, it's the anxiety it. for it, and so um, yeah. I just felt the anything around that. I'd, I I get I get really weird like referral. Um, no, I don't even know if referral is the right word, but I get pain in the opposite areas. So someone's, so okay. someone's yeah. like, oh, um, oh, oh, so someone like um, broke their arm and like the arm was jutting or whatever, and then like the back tip of my ear just starts fl- like pinging up, like it's it's a, w- and I'm like, because you know someone tells you something cringy, like something like, oh, I had that happen, and then I'm like, yeah. Someone's like, oh, they, you know, they broke their arm or whatever, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, I can imagine that, like gripping their arm, and I'm like, my ear. It's, yeah. it's just like a weird thing. It's always the odd. It's like a completely random. Yeah, and you're just like, I'm why? like, why? What is going on? So, 
See, the sound of bones breaking does make me feel sick. And yeah. that's because um, when I was nine, uh, my sister's only a year younger than yep. me. We were at a Christmas barbecue and she was swinging on our friend's uh, punching bag that was hanging in their garage. As you do. And it broke from oh. the chain and I... It smashed her arm between the concrete and the um, punching bag, and I just still remember that snap. Oh. Like, because it clean snapped both of, um, actually not both, but you know how your arm is like a, you've got two bones in your yeah, arm. Yeah, yeah. It broke one one of them, and uh, yeah, I just remember hearing that snap. And ever since then, like bones breaking for me is a like that's one thing that'll make me cringe, like make me feel I, sick. Oh yeah, I couldn't even imagine that. <laughs> yeah, blood. Fine. Vomit? No. Yeah. Vomit's yeah. No. And I tell you what, you're talking about um, things you want to avoid. Uh, I hate. I hate it when comedies enter the vomit territory. Yeah, I hate too. it so yeah. much. Like I, I actively, yeah. I'm like, you were onto a good thing. Why did you have to have to ruin it? Especially the overtop projectile from the side style. I'm just like, yeah, no, don't need it. Why? Why you do yeah. that? <laughs> oh gosh! But um, so as I ask everyone, what is the last horror movie or TV show? Some people, a lot of people have been watching TV shows lately that you watched. Um, series I watched, Ratchet. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, I'm not too much into it because I'm not. a big fan of American Horror Story like there there are select ones that I like and then there's others I'm the same yeah. like like I like yeah. Asylum I thought was probably the best one um, see I was Freak Show that was okay. my favourite oh no Coven no Coven was my favourite what the the witch one yeah. wow because I, I that's when I was like I loved that's it. when I was like I just want to that, that was the one that pulled me away it, it, interesting yeah oh Hotel yeah. did it for me and I, I, I think I it's like because that. of the whole Seen there's like the teenagers and then the whole like co- like dark comedy aspect of it that I didn't like. Oh yeah, but no, but but you saying you saying that you like that it's like is my jam. good. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't, yeah. Anyway, uh, so sorry we were talking about um, yeah. So so Ratchet and I think it got off to I was intrigued enough at the start and then I think it fell apart towards the end i don't know what you think um i don't really remember yeah like i i I don't i don't it it certainly didn't have it was set up to be something kind of cool and us i don't know Mm. and then it kind of to me felt like uh okay well this is really appearing uh, appealing to horror story fans obviously because of sarah paulson and stuff like that so um and the creator but um that was the last series i watched but the last film straddles the line between horror kind of like um it was uh antebellum oh i want to see that was it good so this is interesting because i saw because i love um get out and us us is probably actually yeah. one of my favorite horror films ever mm, i haven't seen I, us because um just the whole them hanging around the house bothers me so i haven't what, been able what, to get the no, courage to no, watch, watch it because it. it's not what you expect yeah, everyone yeah. says that, and I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm gonna watch it. I'm but watch I, it. I, and so, so they're they're both Jordan Peele, right? So, um, and yeah. so J- Jordan Peele's like, then okay, there's uh, Antebellum, and then obviously because of the the strong like racial themes in in Get Out and stuff like that, you're 
there is that expectation that that's going to play a part in Antebellum. And I quite enjoyed it. And it was freaky because it's from that like realistic sense, as we were saying before, like something you could actually believe happening, like no supernatural sort of thing. Yeah. But then I was so surprised that um, I've hardly heard about it. And then the people that I have said, oh, I saw it. They're just like, oh, yeah, I, I avoided it because people said it was shit. And I'm like, I don't get like it. it it's so weird because I thought because you got such a, um, a, a there's there's a bar that was set with Get Out and then the expectations with us. And so I thought this is almost going to be like the spiritual trilogy sort of thing. Um, and I've literally heard no one talk about it apart from that first week of release. And I don't know whether that's just because of a cinema release COVID restriction thing, because I saw it at the movies. Yeah. Um, but I liked it anyway, so I certainly think it's worth... I would say it's probably because it's actually marketed as a horror film. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, definitely. But again, like the Jordan Peele stuff, it's like horror, it's like horror thriller... It's almost like a triple sort of genre social thing. commentary. Yeah, 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 commentary. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I really, I want to see it so bad. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think. I think out I of three, it was sh- not. Yeah, it's 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 uh, maybe around the sort of seven and a half, eight, but still definitely worth watching. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I know a lot of people in the horror community um, rave about it. Yeah, really and I just it. when I came out, so, everyone was like giving it like four and stuff. I was just like, get the hell out of here! Like, fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> I just I don't, don't, don't <laughs> hate that though. Like, just oh, it's because people don't want to be told they're wrong about oh, things, or like, or, or, or to or the um, idea of not just of like not being able to let someone in, just enjoy something and then just to be like, oh, tell me about it. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about yeah. it. Anyway, uh, but. I work in gaming, dude. Like I know all about people not letting, not wanting people to enjoy yeah, exactly. things. <laughs> um, yeah, they were the last uh, thing. Oh, what else? Uh, awesome. Just trying to think. I swear there was something, but again, that kind of shows you the sort of frequency and in which because I know because you're all yeah. up in, you're like all all about Shutter and stuff, right? Yeah, um, I actually have Tubi and Shutter. And Prime, and yep. Stan, and Netflix. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that, and, and the same yeah, deal, I'm, I've got like five or six services. I just don't have Shutter, mm, and I never heard of Tubi until you literally just mentioned it then. Uh, so. Tubi's an American service, and it's free, but there's heaps of movies on it. It's insane. Oh, so, so like, did you re- like VPN? Like, no, it's an app on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, does Australia not know this exists, and that's why it hasn't been shut down yeah, right. yet? So I actually watched, uh, I'm recording an episode tomorrow morning uh, with a friend in the States, um, a movie called Society, and it is a body horror film, so you definitely wouldn't like it. <laughs> um, but it's very interesting. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. As a sociologist, it has a lot that just like picks at me, and I'm just like, I love this. I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh, what is that? So, um, oh, I, I, I can imagine you did eat that up. Um there yeah. was a movie uh, it came out a fair while ago uh, the one where Aubrey Plaza's turning into a zombie um, and she's got like the boyfriend Warm Bodies Warm Bodies yeah 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 yeah. yeah, yeah I really liked that yeah, it's a really yeah. good film yeah I really I like that them. and I don't like zombie movies but no, like, and that's the thing I don't either but it was good. like enough of a different yeah horror adjacent yes, yeah definitely 
Yeah. Great. Um, so to send us on out, can you tell us where we can find you on the internet? Go to Twitter and find me at Precise Path. Um, and if you want to check out my uh, podcast, which will return, but there's currently over 70 episodes to binge, is uh, Take My Tone. So just go to takemytone.com for all the links uh, for your player and such. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for being on my horror movie podcast. And starting... Uh, the episode talking about snake fecal matter. Oh. <laughs> I'm sure people will find it interesting. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, thanks very much for having me. Um, absolutely love what you're, what you're doing with the show. Um, and I think, I think the way that you've you pivoted from its beginnings to kind of what it is now, I feel like that makes, I feel like that makes some, um, uh, a lot more sense in terms of being able to uh, get guests to provide commentary on things. Yeah, yeah, it's it was definitely a very um, a, a strategic choice and an easy decision. Okay, to make. cool, cool. Um, but yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I and I feel like now you know there's plenty of films you're discussing that like even classics that I've known have been there but I've never actually watched. And then now it's just kind of like, well, I have a an, an additional reason to watch it then listen to the episode yeah I do that with horror movie, like other horror podcasts yep. I'll be like oh crap I gotta watch I gotta avoid this episode because I haven't <laughs> watched it watched this movie but yeah it's been awesome I, I've really enjoyed the process so. awesome I will inform you next time I find a horror based film that uh, captures yes. my attention we can always talk Wolf Creek oh exactly yep definitely <laughs> 